Welcome to the Brazilian Zook No Cap Podcast with your host, Archie, Ifosa, Jesse, Amber, and Jamie L, where we discuss all things Brazilian Zook honestly and from our perspective collectively and personally. So go ahead and grab you something to drink, grab you something to eat, turn this up, and let's hop into this next episode. Another stamp in the passport Flight delayed at the airport Dang. This the kind of day I wanna fast forward Flash forward, escape into the dance floor Gotta thank God Excited to be here tonight The city's about to ignite At least till they turn off the lights And then we can chill for the night But that's when she arrives Oh my God, look at her eyes I try to look left when I seen her walk right Unexpected, her beauty caught me by surprise Perfection, I swear she got me hypnotized Ooh, she caught me looking so I cracked a smile Speechless, I know we just met But I'm really not trying to do something that I'm gonna regret I got a girl at home So I should leave you alone And I know she's bad and I know she wants to know I don't wanna mess around Make it an exception I don't wanna mess around Make it an exception Okay, go ahead Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Brazilian Zook No Cap Podcast. It's your favorite kids bay, Jesse. And today with us, we have Archie. What's up, what's up? We have Amber. Hi. We have Jamiel. Jamil. <laughs> what's up, y'all? We have Afosa. Yeah. And today, for the first time on the podcast, we have a special guest, Miss Teresa. Hello, 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 everybody. Boom, boom, boom. Hey, hey, hey. Straight up. That's what's up. What are we talking about today? Man, today, okay, so I'm really excited because Teresa has one of the largest Zook events uh, going on in the US right now. And it is Zook Heat, which is happening next week, actually. So she has given us some of her very valuable time today <laughs> to be able to talk about event organizing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you guys so much. I am super excited to be here. Please ask me anything that you want to ask me. I will be as candid as a cautiously candid as I can yeah. on this podcast. Um, but I'm really excited you guys are doing this version of your podcast because there's a lot of things that the general public doesn't really understand about organizing and putting events together. So I hope that this can help enlighten them a little bit, give them a little inside information, and help them out not only. Um, as attendees, but for all those potential organizers that are out there, yeah? Mm-hmm. I love it, for sure. So before we get started, kind of just tell us about yourself and how you got started with organizing, I guess maybe even how long you've been in Brazilian Zook. Yeah, so uh, organizing-wise, I didn't, I didn't really think about it till like recently. I was like, how long have I been doing something 
kind of sort of like this and it kind of went back all the way to college because <laughs> um, um, I was a resident assistant I was an RA but I was a nice RA just don't smoke weed I don't want to know anything about it you know I don't feel like going to judicial hearings um, but you know I organized dance events actually for my hall for my hall and I was on the international hall uh, when I was in college being an RA so we did different dance oriented events like belly dancing because I had some girls from Morocco who were on my floor yeah. and things like that um so it started back then and then when i was in grad school my assistantship was with the multicultural student services office and i did events there and the biggest most successful event i did across campus was a dance oriented event so um the way it was set up was that uh, I went to all of the cultural organizations, like the Greek student organization, not like the Greeks, not the Greek Greeks, but the actual like from Greece, Greek student organization, club, all of those and the way it was organized, I gave them like five minutes or six minutes and they would come out and they would do like a quick mini class, like here's a basic stop everybody. And then they would get everyone out on the floor to do it. And I distinctly remember the Greek student organization. They got everyone in a big ass circle around the room, and everyone was like, "Opa!" And so there were like there were probably two or three hundred people at that event. And I just kind of sat back in awe. Like, first off, you guys came to this. Like, in college, you had two hundred, three hundred people showing up to an event. Yeah, yeah, across campus, and I didn't realize that. Like. And I, I promoted the event through the student channels and everything, and we had, like, a, a forum board, which mm -hmm. that doesn't really exist now that we have social media and everything, yeah. but <laughs> I was kind of blown away, and I was like, I kind of like this. This is kind of fun, and this is kind of rewarding. So once I got out of college, um, I didn't really start up again until um, 2014, when I that was when I had first seen Brazilian Zook in 2014. Who was your first impression? Like, who was the first person you saw doing it? Okay, so please don't hate me. <laughs> Go ahead, speak oh, your truth, Lord. girl. <laughs> I didn't like Zook when I first saw it. Oh, that's fair. Oh, oh, I, I feel like that's a lot of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Especially black people. Yeah, yeah. especially. Types of yeah. direction. Yeah. yeah. I think it's the hair thing. We yeah. just like, yeah. we were like, I can't, I can't move my hair like that. Yeah. And some of us don't even have the hair they got. Like, right. So, yeah. yeah. Have wave caps flying everywhere. She's just a lot of that. I'm like, is my lace lifting right now? That right there, girl. That part. I'd be like, <laughs> camera comes around, I'm like, pressing right. it down. <laughs> That's funny. There's right. no shame in my game, okay? <laughs> That's Sorry. funny. So, the question, though. Oh, yeah. So, I didn't like it at first. And what I didn't realize is that I was looking at Lombada. Oh. Okay. And I didn't understand it, and I didn't understand the counts. I didn't understand the counts in Brazilian Zook either. Yeah. But Lombada specifically, I was just like, what? I don't under What? And so I just kind of, you know, went back to the bachata room at whatever events had a bachata <laughs> and a Zook room. And then I saw a video... I distinctly remember it was Bruno Gallardo and his partner at the time, uh, Eglantine. Oh my gosh. And they yes. were dancing to. Uh, was the fire truck one? No, no, it was a Jason Derulio song. Oh. Uh, talk, oh. talk Dirty to Me or something? Yeah. So, yeah. At some event in yeah. Europe. And I was like, that's Zook? <laughs> to hip hop? I feel like whenever black people see Zook and it's not to like R&B or hip hop, 
it's less appealing than yeah. whenever yeah. we see it, and it's yeah. like, wait a second, yeah. this is to a hip hop track, yeah. or this is to an R and B track, mm-hmm. yeah. And then yeah. it causes the interest in it to be peaked even more. Yeah, and yeah. Bruno has hella, hella swag. Like mm-hmm. he was a very swaggy dancer. He was like everybody's crush for so long. Everybody he was. was. Yeah. 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 Oh, girl. He had a moment. He definitely Yo, had a moment. Yo, for sure. Like, Yo. Yeah. Oh, my God. 2015, 2016, 2014, too. Yeah. Like, even just at this table, he got two people into Zoom. Because that's how I got it. There we go. If only Brazilian zoo instructors got a, uh, what is it called? Whenever you sell something. No referral. Or, no, 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 no. Um, per diem. <laughs> and not per diem. What's oh it called? God. No. Whenever, um, if you work for commission, commission. Yeah. If only they got a commission, that would yeah, that would be crazy. Yeah, he would be getting paid big time. No. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, there was literally a stint where everybody loved Bruno. I used to make fun of him. I'd walk up to him and be like, "Oh, Bruno, Bruno, Bruno!" And he'd be like, "Stop it, bro." Um, but that's dope. So he was your. They were your first people that kind of got you into the door. Yeah, and then I was like, "Oh my god, this is actually this is really cool." Yeah. Wow. So then from there, you decided after how much time that passed between seeing it, liking it, and then organizing. Because we established you were organizing events before, but then how much time did it take in between for you to start organizing events specifically for Brazilian Zook? Okay. Um, so we'll go reach back in history a little bit. So back in 2014, mm-hmm. um, at the time, I was dating somebody mm-hmm. um, <laughs> at the time. And I kind of accidentally got involved in that way. So uh-huh. it was kind of like we both didn't know what we were doing. Mm-hmm. And I learned some very hard lessons mm-hmm. financially and organizational-wise um, from that experience. And so my helping in that in that regard mm-hmm. kind of got me into the organization. But the more I, mistakes I made and the more I learned, the more I was like, okay, I understand this. I got this. This is something I learned. This is something good. Mm-hmm. And just kind of making a mental notebook of things. Mm-hmm. So in 20... 16, 16, 17, when we parted ways, I decided I didn't want to quit organizing. Because mm. at one point, I was just like, I'm out. Yeah. Like, I'm just going to go back to Bachata completely. I'm, like, done with this. Like, I just, because it was, it was a bad fallout. And so um, I was just like, I'm, I'm good. I'm just going to go back to Bachata, and I'll be good there. It's mm-hmm. fine. Mm-hmm. But then I was like, it was an internal conversation, like, literally. Yeah. I was like, yeah. no, I don't want to quit. But, like, what am I going to do? How am I going to do it? Are people going to take me seriously? Are they mm. going to be like, she's just trying to make some pathetic little comeback? Or, like, you know, it was, that's, those were all the things that ran through my head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I was just like, no, just do it. So the first thing I did was I tried to decide on what the branding would look like Mm -hmm. because that's the biggest thing I've seen with some of the more successful events is that they're branded very well, whether it's the name, the logo or whatever. So I was like, what's what's this going to look like for me? Mm -hmm. And so I kind of came down to Zook Love. Which I'm so glad I didn't do that for a number of reasons. That would have been very confusing on a number yeah. of reasons. Yeah. 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 A lot okay. of different reasons, right, yeah. for sure. Isn't that, a, isn't that a music genre? Yeah. yeah. It is. Music genre. Yeah. And then Zook Night Love was a thing as oh, well. Oh, yeah. ZNL, yeah. Uh, ZNL, which is like a group of... It was like a kind of a... So, you know the thing that uh, Paloma and William and Kaka, what is that that little group that they have? Uh, that. It was Jibola, yeah. similar to that, yeah. but it was a different group of people yeah. uh, that 
we won't even get into that. Yeah. It, was a simple, it was a different group of people. Yeah, we don't need to. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So, so you didn't go with Zook Love, though? No, because at first I was like, well, I didn't even think about the, the cultural implication of it at yeah. first. I was just mm-hmm. like, as a woman running an event with Zook Love, and I was thinking about the design work, and I was like, what is it going to be? Pink with hearts? Like, that's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. And as a woman, they just would have been like, oh, that's cute. Look at you and your little event over there. Yeah, yeah. And so then I was like, Zookeed sounds pretty cool. And I was like, mm-hmm. fire is pretty neutral. It's not specific to a, a gender or a, a gender norm. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's, it's So I think that would work. Mm-hmm. And so I once I decided on that, I found a designer. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I literally just found a random designer on Facebook. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I contacted him. And I've been working with him ever since. Uh, we first started back in 2018. Nice. And then... Um, I've decided on a date or a time frame. I reached out to some of the artists that I had a relationship with. I said, are you available on this weekend? They were like, yes, yes, yes. And I said, yes, boom. I have a logo. I have a date. I have a thing. I had no venue. Wow. (laughs) I had no venue at all. And so at first I was like, okay, because the planner in me was freaking out. I was like, how can I have an event plan with no venue yeah. yeah and so I, I was going to different studios <clears throat> and lo and behold um someone that i knew in the community landra her name's landra vallejo she owns this dance studio out in woodbridge mm-hmm. called modern ballroom and i didn't even think that she would have remembered me like from from over the years of dance and she was like oh my god this is great beautiful studio yes. gorgeous mm-hmm. one of the nicest studios in the dmv um and she was like you can have it here the whole weekend, no problem. She worked with me, and that's how we got started. When that was before the hotel. That was before the hotel. Yeah, oh, I remember that. I remember that 2018? studio space. 2018. Mm-hmm. 2018, and I found a house, an Airbnb house that was five minutes away. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just kind of all kind of luckily fell in place, and you know, all thanks to God because the, you know I couldn't have done that on my own. Yeah. I don't know There's if you no remember, way. but I remember talking to you about. The marketing i don't know if you remember that and i was like yo this marketing because i'm huge on marketing mm-hmm. yeah i'm literally like you can have if it's your first event you can have a trash event <laughs> <laughs> and if your marketing is fire you yeah. will pack it out and yeah. then people will realize it's trash after <laughs> yeah. and then your second year will suck yeah. But if your marketing looks like this is the best thing ever and everything looks professional and put together, yeah. like you will pack it up. So I remember seeing the flyer for the first year and being like, this is dope. And I remember telling you, I was like, yo, this is, I remember specifically saying this is super, super dope. If you continue marketing and everything like this, it's just going to be crazy. Yeah. Plus, his story at least for me, shows me that like you're a really good organizer, mm-hmm. which I have another question about that later. Mm-hmm. But so I think with the combination of those two, it was just like, oh yeah, if the marketing continues like this, it's gonna be crazy because yeah. it's like marketing. Whenever it comes to event organizing, is so much. You know, it really is. And that's one thing I do want to say for anybody who's new out there: invest in the the design work. Mm-hmm. It's worth the money. Mm-hmm. Please invest in the design work. Uh, you know, Canva is wonderful, and I definitely use it for my weekenders. <laughs> mm-hmm. But for the festival, I have a designer who I pay, and they make everything for me: mm-hmm. backdrops, artist pictures, frames, everything. So yeah, they. Because yeah. Loki, oh bro, I've been seeing some of these designs of these events. <laughs> You wanna so I remember I'm a I'm a, a graphic designer and Sizzle is a graphic designer by trade. Like that's what he does for a living. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
So there were times whenever we would get booked for events and they would send us artwork and we would literally be like, we're not posting this. I wouldn't tell them this. I wouldn't tell them this. But in my head, I would be like, and I would talk to him and I would be like, there's no way I'm posting this. Because, so like what you got to understand, whenever you are running an event and you're marketing an artist, their image, their image they're posting it yeah, and it's their it's image for yeah. people that aren't connected to your event even people that aren't even connected to the scene they'll see this and if this person is is uh, putting their image out with a flyer that you made that might not be the best quality it affects their brand exactly yeah. and so i was literally like there's no way i'm posting this so we would li- we've remade so many artwork ourselves oh, wow. wow and sent it to them and be like hey like we'll post this one if you guys are cool with that and they'll be like oh my gosh that's so dope and i'm like Thank you. We appreciate it. And I don't want to get into the fact that the one you sent us was not good at all. (laughs) But it just, it's like, I've seen some that are just like, bro, no. And you don't understand. People see this and whether it be obvious to them or whether it just be subconsciously, they're deciding how value, how high they value your event based off of the artwork that they're looking at. 100%. Yeah, for sure. 100%. Sure. So yeah, I kudos and back that up for sure. It's a big deal. I feel like there's some images, some flyers I look at. There's like a hundred people on the flyer, and I'm just like, mm. or they no. all have different lighting, and all the pictures are different sizes, and it's like one picture's really pixelated, and I'm like, I assume this is happening at a Motel Six, based off of <laughs> the <laughs> flyer. <laughs> it's just what comes into my heart. I'm like, mm. not the Motel Six. <laughs> in, in your opinion, in your opinion, when you're budgeting. How much percentage of your budget goes to marketing? Uh, so marketing, uh, it's not actually not a ginormous amount. Mm-hmm. I would say it's probably like 8% okay. of my actual budget. So mm-hmm. I have a spreadsheet. And so I just, oh, I, did that. I have, have a spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. And so it, it, I just plug all my numbers in every year. So I start out with a goal. I say, I don't want to spend more than 50000 on this event. Mm-hmm. And as the expenses come in, because I already know the big ones off the top, you know, like the production production my biggest cost in my budget and this year it's 35 percent is labor mm. from like you mean hiring people guys like or uh, djs and djs teachers. instructors and i have paid staff so the, and, and i'll explain the logic as to why i do paid staff as opposed to volunteers mm-hmm. so across the event weekend we only need about 12 volunteers for the entire weekend um, because i have paid staff mm. but the reason why i do paid staff specifically is because those people are reliable. Those people yeah. are good. Yeah. Those people are trustworthy. Yeah. And one good staff person is worth 10 volunteers. I agree. 100%. 100%. That is yeah. something that is not really done or acted upon inside the scene. Like, you see a gang of volunteers, but in that, sometimes the volunteers don't even know their responsibility. Sometimes the head volunteer is not getting that communication from whoever is supposed to be instructing them on what they're supposed to tell other people but having that paid staff one they're treated well if anyone's getting paid like yeah you have responsibilities but like you there's some type of like respect there because you're receiving some type of money or some type whatever monetary equivalent that would be and then you're able to act upon it's like all right you you treat me with respect rather than just like a hey here's a pass and go do this and like the person is like "Eh, all right 
I show up for my hour, and then if something happens, cool. If nothing happens, whatever. Yeah, there's no skin, there's skin, in, skin yeah. in the game. Yeah, exactly. They don't feel ownership. Yeah, yeah, there's no ownership. And I think it also helps when you have somebody that, like, is an established DJ or is an artist or is somebody that's actually seen behind the scenes because you get these volunteers that have only been a part of a festival as a dancer and they have no clue how much of a machine is working behind the scenes yeah. to make it seamless. And so when you have somebody that's already been behind the scenes and understands how things are supposed to move as a staff member, yeah. a paid staff member, like now they have skin in the game, it makes all the difference in events, 100%. Yeah. And most of my staff is made up of other organizers. Yes. I you have remember. Chinky from mm. RVA, mm-hmm. Perry from Charlottesville Zoo, yep. Daisy is also from RVA, you've got Marcella who's a bomb ass volunteer coordinator, she's worked for my event, Viva La Bachata, a couple other mm. events as well. Yep. So the it's it's not indiscriminate. Mm-hmm. It's not like, oh just, you know, hit me up and then I'll hire you. It's a vetting process because I don't know about y'all, but it, you know, these events, for those of us who have anything that we have ownership of, there's a lot of trust involved. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It's so much trust involved and it took me a while to really let go of that um, because the first year I tried to do like 90% of the stuff by myself mm-hmm. and someone found me asleep in my car. Oh. I had passed mm. out in my car because I was so exhausted and I just hadn't really taken into account how much it was going to take out of me. Mm. But now I'm like, there you go. There you go. <laughs> so just go ahead and do your job. <laughs> there was something I wanted to mention. Those individuals you all li- and you listed, um, in addition to them being organizers, if issues are to occur, they all are individuals that will use their own initiative to try to problem mm. solve it. And then they'll like bring, I mean, obviously they'll let you know what's going on, uh-huh. but like they will try to address it because they have that experience, that, that knowledge, that foresight mm-hmm. and hence on. Yep, exactly. When it comes to events now, how exhausted are you at your event based off of all that stuff? And the reason I get into that question is because I, I'm, whenever organizers tell me, like now, whenever they tell me, man, organizing and by like Saturday evening, I'm like dead. In my head, I'm like, I know you're doing a lot, but if you managed a little bit better, you probably wouldn't be dead. So hearing how you manage is super legit. So then my question is, do you feel like you're less tired now than you were whenever you like were dead in your car. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. No, I I want to. So there's a difference between physical exhaustion and mental exhaustion. Nice. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Uh, there's there's definitely a difference. And some people will be like, Oh my God, you run the event by yourself? No, I don't. I plan by <laughs> myself, and the execution is done by a team of people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's just no way one person can execute. It's hard to execute a social by yourself. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. Like yep. uh, just a social. So yeah, how can you run a 500 plus person festival by yourself? I can plan. I can spreadsheet. I can DM. I can email. I can do all that stuff. Cause that's all done. It's, it's all white collar work. It's all done from my desk, right. from my laptop. But when we get to the event, I need actual support and presence at the event Mm -hmm. and so that's where it really that's where that's where it counts yeah Mm -hmm. for sure i speak as an artist like artists are the worst to deal with (laughs) 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 i'll out us i'll say it like we are absolute divas like i've worked behind the scenes at a couple festivals just because i like it it's fun and i've done artist care and i swear it'll be like an artist coming up to me and being like i lost my shoe Where's the room for the classes? And there's only like one room. You know, it's just be people like just having questions, and it can be like understandable from the side of like we're all working, we're all exhausted, we're trying to figure out what we're doing. But it does help to disperse 
so that you're not the only one having to answer these questions and keep things running mm -hmm. and keep the time going mm -hmm. and keeping the food. Like, artists have to be fed. People need to know where to go. The DJs have to set up. The equipment has to be working. Like, every single one of those things takes somebody being on top of it. So having somebody else help definitely helps a lot. It does. It really it takes a lot off of you. Did you did you take any sort of event organizing or leadership class any any classes that taught you how to organize or you just like or self taught? Did you have a mentor or anything like that either? Um, I've I've been I've befriended some organizers in the scene like Leslie mm -hmm. and a few others. I'm very close with like Nico out in Minneapolis yeah. and a few others. So I kind of lean into them. Mm -hmm. um, but I've never taken like a class or anything. Mm -hmm. uh, it's more so like trial and error. Yeah. And the biggest trial and error was 2019. Do tell. 2019 was a was a year of, of learning for me. It was a very expensive year. Mm -hmm. So, and I'm very transparent about it. Yeah. So I was in the whole $8,000 in 2019. Was so, this for Zuki? Yeah, this, okay. is when I, this is when I first took it from in the studio in 2018 to being in the hotel we were at in 2019. Mm -hmm. So there were a number of mistakes that I made. Mm -hmm. um, just, so one mistake a lot of organizers make is overbooking. And the thing is, you don't really know. Please, <laughs> Bridge to these okay, people. I, I, I struck an earth, sorry. I literally bring this up all the time. All the time. I'm like, why are there so many people? Anyway, I'm sorry. No, I'm you're right. Me. You're right. It's overbooking. The thing is, overbooking creeps up on you. Yeah. Mm. Before you know it, you've said yes to too many people. You've made too many agreements. Yeah. And then you're like, oh my God, how much is this costing me? How much mm -hmm. have I agreed to? Yeah. And if you don't have it on paper somewhere, like it's... It's, 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 it's devious. Mm -hmm. How do you figure out well, how many is too many? Because I know I've gone to festivals and I felt it like as an artist, I'm like, this is too many. Um, but how as an organizer do you s decide that? I think you have to work backwards. Mm -hmm. And I think that you would only learn that kind of maybe over time or if someone kind of like said, hey, look, do it like this. Like, so if you know, like you have a schedule built out and you know, I only have this many class slots and I only have this many DJing hours, mm -hmm. then I can only bring in this many people to do yeah. the work mm -hmm. on the event. A lot of people think that, oh, you have a festival. You must have lots and lots of availability. No, I don't. I've got 37 DJing hours and 35 teaching hours mm -hmm. yeah. and especially when you have an event like at Zuki, the classes are intentionally 90 minutes mm -hmm. because it's better for learning right. mm -hmm. and I didn't realize this also like I did a tiny bit of instructing too here and there and I was like okay I want to teach a little bit I did a little bit of teaching that hour flies by so fast so fast yes so fast yeah. so fast you don't even get to teach everything yeah, yeah. it feels right it's like oh we gotta do the demo now like mm -hmm. so 90 minutes is much more productive mm -hmm. yeah I was just looking at the roster the at for 2019, what there are 21. Oh God, is it still on there? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No. There are 21 individual slash couples, uh -huh. with several of them being from out of the country. Dang. So much. that's that is too a much. lot, and then you have some DJs that you know. Oh, oh, you still have some DJs that are from not from the from the states either. Or not from the East Coast, so they have to be flown in. Yeah. And yeah, that's a that's, that's money. Right Too there. much, yes, and not enough thinking before. Yeah. That's what it, it, that's it, really what it was. It doesn't help whenever you're probably at some point, especially after the event has been successful for a year or two years, and then at that point you're just getting hit up by everybody. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's just like knowing when to tell people yes and knowing when yeah. to tell people no. So I can imagine that that, that doesn't help. You know, 
Yeah, it's just it's just the reality of the of the landscape. Yeah, there are some things I would used to get like really annoyed over. I used mm. to be like ah, but now I'm like. <laughs> No, it's just part of the, the, the landscape. That's all yeah. it is. Yeah. So yeah. if you know how to respond to it and how to react to it, it's okay. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. okay. Just take it for what it is. So I will say this much. Mental health is so important when you're trying to organize. And if you don't learn how to say yes and learn how to say no and not get pigeonholed into things, yeah. you're going to suffer yeah. big time. I speak from experience. You're going to suffer. Yeah. Can you tell us some, like big things you learned, like you had to learn to say yes to and things you had to learn to say no to mm-hmm. that you wouldn't have, that you had to learn being in it? Yeah, so contractual agreements. I do contracts, so everybody mm-hmm. has a written contract. I send it out to you electronically. You review it, you sign it, I get it back. That's it, we're good, we're done. The only time I would adjust is if I needed something more from you, in which case I would be giving you something more. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard when people are adjusting down. Yeah. Like, oh, we can't teach now for whatever reason. Oh, we can't perform now for whatever reason. So that can become a sticky situation where it's like, I can't pay you that full amount anymore because I'm not getting the product that I paid you for mm-hmm. initially. Or if we agreed to have a performance and now we're a month out and you say, we don't have a performance. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> Does that troubleshooting stuff happen often? doesn't happen often, but it does happen sometimes. So you just kind of have to work through it. And, and sometimes with some artists, that you have a good relationship with, you can say, "Hey, look, if I bring you back next year, I'm gonna we're gonna adjust down a little bit for next year. That's that's how we'll do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there's so much relationship building involved. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. 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 So oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. But other things that I've dealt with have been like people trying to get more than what we agreed upon mm-hmm. after um, it's already been agreed upon. Yes, that yeah. is that's correct. Right. Yes, or hitting me up at the last minute saying, "Oh, I need this now," or "Can you go to the store and get this for my costume because I." didn't bring it or I forgot it and I'm like hmm? wait what? <laughs> what? <laughs> like Jeez. there's no Molly the baby yeah or, oh. or or they'll hit me up and then say like oh I need to get a free pass for this person because uh, they're gonna help me with my class now uh, so you, know, you have to talk to them and be like this is not what we agreed upon you know and there's mm-hmm. some flexibility there like I'm not a hard ass yeah mm-hmm. but like some things I'm just like like this is not yeah. okay yeah yeah. I mean, all of it adds up. Like, people, I think, take for granted, first of all, how much money goes mm-hmm. into an event. Like, you just, you threw out 50K. Yeah. I feel like that's pretty average for, like, yeah. a festival weekend or whatever. Like, one of the biggest ones that is transparent, like, Interfusion has a million-dollar budget to make this festival happen. And so, in order to recoup this, you have to buy tickets. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Tickets are what pay it. Like, nothing else is going to pay this. So, when you're... Hitting up organizers trying to get like a free ticket or whatever else. Understand that you are taking away money from that organizer mm-hmm. and being able to pay the artist, pay the DJs, pay for this hotel. The hotels are ridiculously expensive. And so if you're asking for a free ticket, recognize that you better be giving something back. You know yeah. what I mean? Like there better be some sort of payout mm-hmm. for the organizer, not just a give me, give me something. Like this is a business transaction now because there's money at stake. Man, that literally leads me to something else whenever it comes to this. And I I, 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 I go back and forth. I go back and forth with understanding that different people are in different places. Yes. Um, because how I used to be, because I've been doing music and making a living off of music and DJing for a long time, even Mm -hmm. before the scene. So my brain has always been like, if you ain't serious about this and this ain't a business, then you need to get out because (laughs) there ain't no hobbies around here. That has always been my mindset. And and as I've grown, I've had to learn, like, it's not, 
it's not that serious for everybody. Yeah. yeah. As far as yeah. <laughs> I was like, she's grown a little bit as I get older, you know? Yeah, I, I care I care less about hurting people's feelings, but I also feel like I've grown and learned information and stuff that helps me kind of balance out. Yeah. So I go back and forth with those two things, but at the same time I feel like it is important if you're doing whether it be teaching or whether it be DJing that involves you receiving funds mm. from a person who's receiving funds from somebody who's paid for a product. Mm-hmm. There has to be some level of professional and business thinking mindset in there yeah. Yeah. and not fully hobby Yeah, because people's money are involved. Exactly. And that will yeah. cause a person's mindset to adjust whenever it comes to how they handle the situations. It's like, are you handling this 100% like a hobby? Because if you are, that might be a little bit of a problem because that's yeah. affecting... The business side of everything else that everybody else is doing. You oh, know what I'm yeah. saying? I'm actually still on that vibe. Like the one you were talking about earlier. <laughs> <laughs> I have not changed at all. I on swear, that like literally, I would be like, bro, what are we talking about? This is a business. What are, what's everybody doing? No, one hundred percent. This is an exchange of goods now. You're running a business, you're marketing, you have a brand, you have an image. Like there's just two different images that you're involving. Yours as an artist and then also the organization itself. And right. so when you come to an event and you're you're working that event not only is it your individual like branding whatever like whether you take it serious or not whatever but understand that you are now playing with somebody else's money and not chump change as we discussed like hundreds of thousands of dollars are now being played with so when you come there and you act a fool you're late for your sets you're not showing up to class on time like it would be the same as yeah (laughs) (laughs) Having just know that when you're doing that it will be the same as you showing up to your job as an engineer whatever else late drunk whatever else missing out on projects it's the same thing yeah you know yeah. It, it should be treated with the same gravity in my opinion that's my mindset as well like just like you have a job that you show up that's a nine to five or you work for somebody like it's the same thing if you're if you're being contracted by somebody like to like you're being contracted to do a craft. Yeah. If you're a, a I don't know a, a painter, and you don't necessarily work for a specific company, you're are your own painter and people outsource mm-hmm. you. They expect the product to be professional. What are you gonna tell them? This is my hobby, man. Like, can you go buy <laughs> Can you go buy some paint for me because this is my hobby. Like that doesn't make any sense. You know. That's, that's wild. Like I know you asked for a dog, but I was really feeling this squirrel I saw. So. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't make any sense to me, man. So, so it's like but. DJs coming with no with no equipment or no spares. Yeah, yeah. doesn't make sense. Yeah. So speaking of like that sort of side of it, I know there's a lot of um, artists kind of breaking into the scene. They're newer. They're you know talented people, whatever else. What is the best way then to approach an organizer to get hired at an event that doesn't come off as like disrespectful or like you're trying to um, I guess some of the context is like I've seen artists reach out in a way that was entitled. I've seen artists reach out and ask for like pay way beyond like what their experience level is. I've seen them just kind of do all sorts of things. So what like would you recommend if somebody's wanting to get hired for your event that hasn't taught there before? Okay, so let's talk about what the event vision and mission and what 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 is the event selling, right? Mm-hmm. So if it's an event Okay, I can only speak for myself, yeah. right? So for me, Zuki is my flagship event. That is the event where it's like, 
I have like these mega artists there and whatnot. So that would not be a good event for someone brand spanking new to come out the gate and be like, I want to teach at your event because that wouldn't be, it would be a disproportionate lineup. Okay, so like I have like Kadun and Larissa and Paolo and Luisa and Padrino and Linda and all these other people. So it would be a disproportionate lineup. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the headliner artists may feel some kind of way when there's this mm-hmm. mix. Mm-hmm. And especially when we start getting into things like Ooh. ProJack and Jill. Like ProJack and so I made a mistake last year with ProJack and Jill. I did. I made a mistake. I shouldn't have done it. And so some of the artists felt some kind of way about some people being involved in Pro J and J last year. So I have to be very mindful of what the lineup looks like yeah. um, from the outside perspective. But there are some events where it is very appropriate to have a mix of artists. And I think that if you are a newer artist coming up in the scene, your best way, if you want to get hired for like these bigger Zook-specific events, is start going into like the Latin events. The Latin events have a little bit more ladder, um, leverage or availability yeah. for a newer up and rising couple to be like, let me get on your lineup. Yeah. yeah. Um, let me get up. But the, the hardcore Zook events... It's a little bit harder to to wedge wedge in there when you're just starting out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just a little bit harder. Yeah, and so the organizer is trying to sell. Mm-hmm. Yes, we're trying. You know, we're trying to sell. At the end of the day, it's a business, and we have to sell. So we have to understand where the demand is for our consumer base, aka the community. Mm-hmm. And if we understand that the community wants certain things, or they're looking for a certain caliber of artists or certain styles of artists on the lineup, then it's it's do the due diligence as, as the business owner to understand like this is what they want so i need to make sure i'm kind of selling to the demand this is not to impugn anyone's talent by the way i just want to make that very very clear it's not to say that someone sucks and someone else is better than you or whatever else because it, it can be kind of you know thin ice to tread on when you start getting into that but it is to say that you know we're consumers and work some, some you know, people do suck that yeah some of y'all do gotta get better let's 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 let's, 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 let's not no cat. I, I will say it for for. I will say this is me, Ifosa speaking. Some of y'all do need to get better at your craft, and that is not an insult to you necessarily. But like, hey, we all have things we need to work on, and just because you didn't get hired here for whatever reason, do take that as an opportunity to get better for the next event. Mm-hmm. Because I, I can't speak for anybody else, but I do pay attention. Yes. Yeah. I pay attention in the scene. I pay attention to who's up and coming. That's true. I pay attention to who has reach. I pay attention to who's on a lineup and that event sells well. Yeah. Like, you know, I pay attention to a lot of a lot of things. I just very quiet, but I do pay attention. And I just want to add in, too, because I 100% agree. Like, there is, like, like it or not, there is sort of a hierarchy, right? Like, there is a sweat equity that a lot of these people have put into building themselves up as teachers and building their brand and having a following like that's a big thing if you can bring people to the festival that's a big deal and in one of the previous podcast episodes we talked about how just because you have a lot of street cred in one area of dance it doesn't mean it transfers over that applies to getting into teaching so you can have a lot of street cred as like a social dancer but that doesn't mean it's going to transfer over once you start teaching that doesn't mean Mm -hmm. people are going to start showing up to your classes that doesn't mean you know how to teach you know what i mean there's a lot that goes into it so like we were saying for the djs you have to like dj at your local events to get your feet under yourself same thing for teaching 
start local classes, figure out how to teach, start getting into those weekenders or smaller events to get like a feel for what it's like to manage a crowd because yeah. at a festival when there's 200 people in front of you is not the time to figure that out. There's yeah. a difference between knowing knowledge and having the gift of teaching. Yes. yes. There's 100%. a big difference between yeah. those two things for 100%. sure. You can be the best social dancer and have the most knowledge about the dance, but being able to convey that is like... I've seen people who are fire social dancers and worse teachers than people who are decent social dancers but amazing teachers. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, it's so crazy, like, because it's literally a gift. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Like, some of, if you think about basketball, some of the best coaches have not played basketball. Yeah. 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 And that's because they study the game. They've learned how to not only study, but also how to translate that to. At like several types of people with several different backgrounds and several different types mm-hmm. of egos, personalities, etc. Mm-hmm. And that is something that I think any individual that wants to get into teaching or even DJing, like you need to know how to deal with all types of people. Yeah. That Let's is go. True. Let's go. I don't even remember what the question was that we asked you. I don't remember anymore. Dang. We, <laughs> we went down <laughs> a rabbit hole. I, I, we were talking about um, how new people could approach oh, you. Oh, that's right. Other. You're right. Um, oh, oh. I am curious about, does that also, is that same, similar for DJs. for DJs as well, or is it different? Cause... Mm-hmm. So for artists, mm-hmm. um, so moving forward, I may bring an artist for two or three years and then try to switch it up a little bit. Yeah. Um, there is a lot of relationship building. Mm-hmm. So the people that I work with now, I've been working with them for a while, whether it was with Zuki or previously. Um, so there's a trust level there. It's very easy to work with them. Uh, you know, I, Kadu and Larissa are one of the best couples that I've worked with. They're amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but always kind of looking, kind of keeping my eye open as to Who's new out there? Who's would be a good addition? And I can only bring so many people to Zuki. For sure. Yeah. I can I literally I can only fit like maybe seven couples, and that's really it. And same thing with the DJs. I can bring maybe seven DJs, maybe Which six or seven DJs. Six. We were talking about that. Six or seven. Yeah, that's enough. That's enough. That's yeah. Enough. <laughs> yeah. I can only bring like. There, so many. You, you say you keep your eyes open. There was one couple that you used to talking about bringing, and I was like. Please, because I really want to dance with the. Which one? With Nina and. Oh yes, please. Please bring Nina. Nina and Mateus. No, Nina. Oh yeah, yeah. I need Nina. Oh, okay. So let's let's talk about let's talk about Nina and Mateus and this whole new generation of dancers. There's a whole bunch. Yes, it's it's so cool to be in a stage when you've been in a dance for so long that you're seeing like. Uh, it's like a generation mm-hmm. of new people. Literally, yeah. Yeah, it's literally like a turn uh, So yeah, yeah, let's talk about it. There's about five couples. It's like Nina, Mateus, um, Landra, Nayara, yeah, Yago, and Vanessa, uh, Rayo, Rayo, and Isa, and a couple of them. And I've been low key stalking them on social media. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mark but, uh, Mark yeah, Mark and Melissa, um, yeah. and a couple of others. Yes. Um, so, one of the biggest challenges with bringing them, number one, is that is visas. Yes. Um, because of what happened with. Mark and Melissa, um, a lot of the artists are now a lot more careful about mm-hmm. their visas. They won't come they won't come pop in and out of the country. Yeah. They just won't even chance it. It's a lot different now. It's a lot different mm-hmm. now. And I respect that. Like, you mm-hmm. know, get the right paperwork. I don't want you to get deported either. Not at all. Yeah. You know, yeah. so let's taking a- all the money that they that you have whenever you, that happens, yeah, it's just bad. So let's talk about that for a second because the attendees might not know. Like when you're bringing people in for the US for dance events, like you have to there's two ways it's usually done. One Either somebody gets a visa 
and a group of organizers will pitch in to help fund like a tour, right? So like somebody will like bring them in from Brazil, you'll all kind of pitch in for the visa. One organizer may fly them in from Brazil and then the next one is like, okay, I got the flight from like, you know, Dallas to DC and then I'm gonna pass them off. The next organizer is gonna fly them from like Dallas to Arizona, right? Like it's a very big orchestrated event amongst a lot of people, which will fill up a couple of months and that's their tour, right? Mm -hmm. The legit way. The other way that is, the great value way is to, you know, kind of make it seem like they're just on a vacation and, you know, they're just here to visit and have a good time. But that's difficult because I feel like there are a lot of people that have been caught, like just because yeah. their Facebook had a single flyer with them uh, that, yeah. or it's uh-huh. like it's so di- like you have to like wipe all of your stuff clean. It cannot show any evidence of you making money or earning money in the U.S. Otherwise, you're going to be deported. Which is so counterproductive because yes. if you're trying to market yourself and you're trying to build up a brand for yourself, and part of the way that you're doing that is becoming an international dancer or teacher or whatever but you're not able to show any of that on the biggest platform that you have the ability <laughs> yeah. to be able to spread yourself it's yeah. just so it's, yeah. It's bad. yeah and 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 the government don't the government don't be look. checking everything yeah, they they do. maybe all over your facebook <laughs> and your social media yeah, sure. everything no. i've seen people get in trouble where they're like oh i'm just here to i've, I've literally seen with my eyes people like we're going through uh going through customs at the same time and they're like, yo, I'm just here for vacation. And they will show them their social media on, <gasps> the, on the phone or on the computer or the iPad that they're with. And they're just like stunned at that point. It's like, what do you, I, I don't and then they had to go back to the room. They had to go back to the second bit. They had to take them back to the room with the, with the socks with the soap and stuff. Segue, but that's like just to give some more context for what Teresa saying. So yeah, like. no, no, it's a, that's exactly how it is. So that's how it's usually done. The the tours that I've been involved with, we normally all split the international flight costs, and then we're all responsible for our own domestic leg of the of the flights. Mm-hmm. So that's usually how it works. But some artists will completely delete their social media, mm-hmm. um, or or deactivate whatever. I don't know. Mm-hmm. They'll get rid of it completely. So when they come through customs, oh, I don't have Facebook. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Gotcha. Yeah, because yeah, some of these new ones coming up, man, they're like, they're they're really talented. Like, yeah. They're really yeah. good, you know. So it's cool seeing a new generation. I was wondering when that would happen. Um, it makes sense, though, when you think about it, because the OGs, they're all creeping into, what, their early, mid-30s. They're having babies. They're opening businesses. A lot of them are trying to do... Down, yeah. yeah, now yeah. that they're trying to do things like start dance schools, start clothing brands, yes. things of that nature. Yes. And that makes awesome. sense. Like, how it long does. can you run around to congresses? It yeah. does. Yeah. <laughs> it makes perfect sense. And, and, and it's cool in a scene like Brazilian Zoops, for example, specifically, because it's such a young dance. Mm-hmm. And yeah. not only... I mean, we say it's a young dance in the States. It's a young dance in Brazil, too. It's not, yeah. like, mm-hmm. super yeah. old yeah. Um, as in something like maybe salsa, for yeah. example, you know? Um, so with that, especially in the States, you haven't seen that, like, generational turnaround yet. Because mm-hmm. um, I remember, which is one of the, I mean, every time I talk to people about how, like, yo, 
I'm getting too old to be staying up to seven o'clock. Oh, yeah. 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 Archie really just wants them dates. Every, <laughs> every time I talk to people about that, I always bring up the fact that we haven't seen a generation of like older dancers that started. Man, I remember, like, I remember eight, nine years ago, whenever, like, I first met. Like Kadu and Larissa and Bruno and like we were all like that young in the scene. Nine, eight, nine years ago, I was freaking twenty eight. I was twenty eight years old, you know. And so it's really trippy whenever you think about it. So seeing like I was like, well, just wait, wait till we all get to be about forty two, forty three. Y'all still gonna be do? I hope not, because guess what? Your body gonna be forty two and you gonna be getting sick. I'm wondering why you're getting sick at 42 because you ain't sleeping. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's wondering true. why you're going to the doctor getting checkups and they're like, how how much do you sleep? You know? So, yeah. That's a big check for me whenever I talk to people about that kind of stuff because we haven't seen that generational turnaround yet. So it's really cool kind of seeing the beginnings of it, you know? You're thinking yeah. about five, what, five, six years? Yeah. yeah. I mean, because... Like, Kadu and Larissa, to me, are like, and I know we've been saying them a lot, but they've been in it for a long time. They've been in it for yeah. a minute. A long yeah. time, man. Like, I think I remember seeing a demo from from them in, like, 2007 or something. Damn. You know, five. Yeah. You know? And so it's like, it's been a long time for them. And it's 2023. Like, that's almost mm-hmm. 20 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? So five years, for, for sure, it, we'll start to see, and then another example is um, what you McCall's daughter. Oh, Bruno Bruno. Yes, oh, like Bruno. her daughter yeah. is now teaching. Uh, Whenever yeah. when yeah. I first saw her, she yeah. was like yeah, a good. like Actually, kid, yeah. kid, yeah. you know. Yeah. So it's she it's teaching. like all that kind of stuff. I yeah. think, yeah. Actually, yeah. yeah. Okay, so I want to kind of transition. We've been talking a lot about the artist perspective like how you kind of work with them what are some things you would like the attendees to know like what information would you like to pass on to them now okay so and you can use your pc terms and then we'll translate for you. Yeah. <laughs> say it however you want to and then i will is it gonna be like you and peel where like i had you just so you it's, it's happened a couple of times already <laughs> It's happening. Come on, come on. I got you. I appreciate you. <laughs> um, so the first thing is that logistical and financial resources are not infinite. Mm. They're not infinite. So we can only do what we're able to do. So when you come to things like hotels, please understand that we don't have the the leverage to do whatever we want in the space. And if the hotel says you can't dance in the lobby and have music in the lobby. That's what it means. You can't dance and have music in the lobby. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> the hotel is telling that that is not okay. We have to be in the event space. A lot of hotels, not it's it's hard. When we have to go shopping for hotels, it's like shopping for a car. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and we come across a lot of used car salesmen. Yeah. <laughs> that was the only blessing that came out of COVID for me. That was the only blessing that came out of COVID for me was that I got out of that contract. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was the only blessing. Anyways, I digress. Um, Mm -hmm. But so logistical and financial resources are not infinite. We have limitations to what we can and cannot do. We can't just invite an artist because you put us in a group chat with them. (laughs) Wait, what? What? Oh shit! Oh, yeah, I've had that happen before where someone will put, and I don't, and I don't think anybody has bad intentions. Sure, yeah, I, yeah. I really sure. don't think they do. But I've sure. been put in group chats with artists, and it's just like, hey, Teresa, this is so and so. They're amazing. 
I think they'd be a great addition to your lineup. And it's awkward for me. <laughs> yeah. It's really awkward and uncomfortable because I don't, what do I say to them? Sorry, no. intentions but that's very very awkward for them Man, to some people them. need bluntness <laughs> they do <laughs> just leave you know what you know what some um some of our organizers friends have been saying they've saying, oh that's great if you would like to buy their ticket and hotel and accommodate them feel free and we can add them to the lineup that does take care of itself no but you can totally go about it like you're being for real yeah like and the group be like oh my gosh it's so nice to meet you so so and so i appreciate you introducing us so if you if you could tell them like your fees and your hotel and then like if you have any sort of like dietary restrictions and then like they'll they'll take care of you and then as soon as they send me the invoice that they're taking care of you i'll make sure we put you on the lineup that would be funny. I need you to do that and then screenshot it and send it to us, please. That would be taking delegation to a whole nother level. Yeah. But literally, that's what, that's 100% what it is. Yeah. I mean, that's 100% what it is. Yes. Well, I think, I don't think many, a lot of attendees understand that yeah. we can't just be paying for stuff mm-hmm. because you want right. us to. Like, that's yeah. not how it works. People yeah, will no. say, all I need is a hotel room. All I need is this. And it's like, but that costs money, honey. Costs money. Yeah. Teresa yeah. said, you guys got McDonald's money. I was waiting for us to call, stop talking. I was going to interject, but all right. Damn. You so guys got idea. McDonald's money? You got me. If you don't got McDonald's money, don't ask for no McDonald's. Okay? We have McDonald's at home. Yeah, there's a lot of costs involved with every single thing. So just please kindly understand that, that we're not... You know, most organizers are not out here trying to price gouge you. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you look at, I'm I'm very cognizant of the scale of things in the mm-hmm. scene. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I know what my pricing is, but it's kind of hard for me when I see weekenders with one couple mm-hmm. costing the same amount yes, as the festival. Like, oh, and I and so it. I get very confused. Yeah. I'm like, people are asking for a discount on a festival with eight DJs and seven known uh, couples, yeah. mm-hmm. but they're, they'll pay for a weekender with one one couple, just one couple. Yeah. And, and, and I realize that people have different preferences and there's nothing wrong with people's preferences. They prefer to go to a weekender because God knows we've seen the stratification of preference in the scene yeah. oh, since everything kind of started back post-pandemic. Thank you, God. Post-pandemic, we've seen people who want weekenders, who want mm. uh, retreats, mm-hmm. uh, who want... Uh, you know, house parties. So we've seen the stratification of preferences. That's cool. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at it from a price point perspective. If mm-hmm. you're willing to pay $180 for a weekender with one couple, it's kind of difficult for me to understand yeah. why you would ask for a discount on a on a, an event with seven times that much talent coming and in a hotel. Yeah. Uh, it's it's that's the how I'm looking at Very it. Important. So again, not to not to impugn anyone's preference or anything like that. But, uh, <laughs> you can, but yeah, you can, you can yeah. do it on their preference. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm just, I'm, I'm saying, I'm coming from a place of understanding, but I'm also a little confused by that. You don't have to un- look. Not everything is needs to be understood. People, <laughs> you know, people, you gotta pay the price. That's it. If you want things to happen, you gotta pay for it. 
And if you cannot afford it, there may be other means like um, asking for friends. Volunteer. Ask your friends to help you out, which, trust me, like, I have done that before. I've asked friends, yo, you could do this for me, and I will help you out with certain things, whether it be social media or whatever. Like, you could trade things or, like, you have certain skills, figure out what those things are, cultivate them, and then learn how to share, trade, etc., so that way, if you cannot afford it, you can utilize those skills to help mm-hmm. them. Also, business. do not wait until the week before festival and that's be like, the, the tickets is too expensive. That's, that, that's, that's the other thing. No, early bird prices is what? Like $90, I think it was this year? I feel $80, like, $90? Yeah, that, that's very true. Don't people just, people just procrastinate a lot. Yeah. And I understand if people procrastinate, but please, please understand that the circumstances changes as it gets closer to the event. Very much mm-hmm. so. The week sure. before the event... Sometimes even 30 days out from the event is when tickets are at their highest. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I will say this much. There are options. Like, Afosa brought up a very, very good option. We still offer day passes and night passes at mm-hmm. Zuki. Mm-hmm. So that's also another option. Yeah. People do want to volunteer, and that's great. I was going to say that. I was going to say um, that. But just kindly understand that, you know, there may not be any volunteering hours available that's a week true. out from the event. Yeah. So with your event... You have a certain amount of volunteers, and you cut it at, at that. Once we're full, once our hours are full, we're full. Yeah, yeah. which is smart because that does that that shows another another level of professionalism you have versus just being like you want to volunteer. Okay, let's take everybody and as many volunteers yeah. as we can. It's like you have a certain amount of hours that you need covered for volunteers, and once you get that, you're like, okay, bet we're good. Which shows that you've planned it and scheduled everything out. That's yeah. I've one. I've got an amazing volunteer coordinator, Marcella. If I could just say one thing about the volunteering, um, volunteering is when you are needed to do something, not when you want to do something. Ooh. Ooh. So, so Ooh. it is not at your own convenience; it is at the need of the event. So, if you are to, if you ask to volunteer and are accepted, please know that it may not be at the times you want. Yeah. It is at the times that the event or the organizer needs you to do something, and. You gotta do that thing, or else you're gonna be outside looking in. Have you ever had to cancel somebody's pass because they didn't follow through on volunteering? Uh, no, thankfully I've never gotten to that point. But I have unfortunately witnessed that some of the events that I've worked in the past, where someone literally has not shown up for their hours and been like, "Well, I already have the pass, so I might as well enjoy the event, right?" Oh. And I was no, wow. like, yeah. and this is why I have my paid staff because I have legit paranoia mm-hmm. over that happening. Because if someone doesn't show up when you need them to show up, you're screwed. The yeah. event, it's to the event's detriment. Yeah, right. for sure. Also, understand that organizers, we talked on the last podcast about how organizers talk about how artists act at a festival, how DJs act. We talk about volunteers too. If you don't show up for your shift, that's going on the record. Everyone's gonna know you are not. You are most likely gonna have issues signing up for volunteer hours later. In any region too, like if yeah. you're in the East Coast and you are a terrible volunteer, people Words, know that. Spreads. If you're a good one, people also know that. It's sure. cool because the scene is it's large in the sense that it's spread across, specifically within the U.S. It's spread across all of the whole U.S., but it's still small in the sense that. Within those states, it's not just huge. Mm-hmm. So that means people talk and news spreads fast. Yes. Mm. So Teresa said she had what, how many organizers on your team? Uh, Multiple. It's like <laughs> three or four like smaller up-and-coming organizers like Chinky mm-hmm. and whatnot. Yeah. So when you show up to an event like that, that's you oh, have yeah, to really, like. Crazy. this goes back to the business side, you have to show up like you're trying to get hired somewhere else. 
because there are always opportunities for you to be hired. You don't know who's in the crowd. You don't know who's watching you. True. This goes yeah. for DJs, artists, and volunteers. Like you have to act a certain kind of way if you would like to continue to get booked 100%. somewhere else. That's... So if you come and you act a fool at a festival where there's other organizers watching you from the back end, seeing everything that you're demanding, how you're acting, that's gonna affect how you're booked later on. Yeah, and just like I know artists talk about bad experiences, you know, organizers talk as, as well. Mm. We do talk about artists that we've dealt with, volunteers that we've dealt with, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, that's, and I, that brings me to one point too about the artists. Like, I'm, I just want to apologize <laughs> to y'all about any bad organizer experiences that you all have had. I really do try to take a lot of time to care for my artists, so I over communicate. I'm constantly blowing up their DMs and, uh, did you check in for your flight? I'll check in. <laughs> um, and stuff like that. Because for artists, I, for y'all, it's scary actually to know that your care for that weekend, where you're staying, how you're eating, if you're gonna get paid, mm. is on one or two people because most events are run by one or two people at the end of yeah. the day there's oh, yeah. one or two people at the yeah, top yeah. really controlling everything yeah, yeah. so i really try to take the time to care for my artists that are working with me and yeah so anyways that's funny because i'm with uh my roommate for this weekend we're at cherry blossom weekend by the way yeah Yay, love it it's a great weekend um but the person i'm rooming with this is their first time at an event and every time i come into the room they just are shocked they're like can you believe that this is happening? I'm like, girl, you gotta thug it out. This is the business. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta get scrappy as fuck. Like, you have to be able to vocalize what you need. You gotta be able to scrap for it, fight for it, if you need yeah. to, whatever else. Like, it is kind of like, when you become an artist, you have to learn how to really hustle your way into getting what you need. Because when you get out in front of people, nobody cares what you were struggling with before you got here. Okay, they paid to hear you do what you need to do. Yep. So if you don't figure it out, that unfortunately comes back on you. I have a question. Two questions. One, so first question is, we talked a lot about the like instructor stuff and everything like that. When it comes to DJs, do you have a specific process that you go through with hiring? And how do you advise other people when it comes to the DJs and like even like having a head DJ or whatnot? Second question is, not pertaining to that specifically, but I'm just going to ask it so you can be thinking about it, is... Do you have a like platform or a way for people to give feedback on your events, like guests and stuff, so that way you're like hearing how people are feeling and enjoying it and stuff like that? But first question first. Okay, so with regards to DJs, I do get a number of DJs who will hit me up on Instagram or Facebook and say, I want to DJ your event. So the first thing I always tell people right off the bat, if I have not heard you DJ live at a comparable scale event, I cannot hire you. Mm -hmm. Because the parties are so important to these events, especially because I sell party passes. Right. Some festivals don't even do party passes anymore. Right. It's full pass only. Because I sell party passes because we have such a high demographic number in D.C. specifically. Mm -hmm. Between D.C., New York, Boston, people yeah, driving up from North true. Carolina, it's easily at least 200 people. Yeah. Like, the party passes are important. They do bring in revenue, and so the parties are so much more important. So I really... So for anyone who's out there listening, I need to hear that you've DJed at a comparable level event. A lot of times you'll see me at an event, like Elevation, and I'll just be sitting right. on the side. Just I'll just be sitting and just, like, vibing out. Why are you not dancing? Oh, I'm good! We were literally <laughs> talking about that. We were talking about that last week about how organizers you should go to events and just listen if you're thinking about hiring people. Yeah, I just listen. That's all I do. I look at how the crowd is and I try to see like if you're reading the room. If there's a lot of reaction from the crowd, 
That's good. That's good. Good reaction, not bad reaction. Yeah, good. Yeah, good. It's like booing. Not with the vacation. No, that's bad. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I would, I would want to know that you've done comparable level events. And again, that's not to say that someone isn't good because they haven't. It's just I have to. I know that I have to sell, mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. I know that if I have certain people that people I know they like mm-hmm. and I know can do well, then that gives me a little bit more security and the sellability of the lineup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Um, when you're hiring your DJs, and who who is it that listens to the music? Is it you? Or is it is it Chuki or, or whoever the head DJ is at the time? Who's listening to the music? As in, like for like when you when you're when you're thinking about. Okay, this is DJ I want to add to the lineup. Like, how how do you... I know you say you listen to them at events, but also if you're listening to their sets or whatever they post it online, etc. I'll listen to people's sets, but the mm-hmm. difficulty with sets is that I don't, I can't see response. Mm-hmm. And you don't know yeah. if it's actually yeah. live. And I don't yeah. know if it's yeah. live. Like, I could yeah. be vibing to it in my car and that's yeah. cool. And there are some sets from like, I can't, a few people who I listen to while I'm working. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But me sitting at home working is not me at an actual mm-hmm. time. Yeah. 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 So that's why I set, people will send me their sets and I'm like, oh honey, like I, I think this is not this is not the best barometer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. No, that's yeah. very, very true because not only is it not live and you're not seeing the response, but we don't even know if you actually did this nonstop mm-hmm. straight through mm-hmm. or if you like brought it into a program and are just like putting songs on top of one another or yeah. whatnot, you know, for sure. So that's dope. Oh, it feedback. Was, the feedback was oh, the yeah, second yeah. one, but I'm going to be thinking. Yeah, yeah, feedback. So I do send out a Google form every year at the end of the festival. And I'm like, please, you know, let me know very honestly. It takes a lot of uh, a lot of wine for me to read those. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of wine, a couple glasses. Just of wine. make it a night and get yeah, you a just couple make bottles. It a nice, get a couple funny. bottles of Riesling and some Pinot Grigio and just read through them. Some people are very constructive and some people are cruel. Yeah, some people can be a little mean sometimes, yeah. and that's yeah. okay. Yeah. Like, what's okay? What's is it reasonable cruelty? Like stuff that you can actually fix, or is it just like? Wait, what's reasonable cruelty? <laughs> so you know, sometimes it's like. If it's reasonable, it's not cruelty. Yeah, reasonable cruelty sometimes is kind of oxymoron. Wait, give us an example, please. You, <laughs> you're <laughs> ugly, <laughs> but in a kind way. <laughs> no, sometimes it's like you know what that one DJ. He was all up on the microphone for like 20 minutes. I didn't want to hear all that. Or like this DJ oh, was playing the like wrong genre. It's constructive. It's not always nice. And sometimes it's a personal opinion of like mm. some people like DJs on the mic. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. this just opinionated or like the DJ had their shirt unbuttoned and I really found that distasteful. Like sometimes it's just you just saying stuff that like, <laughs> what does that have to do with me personally as the organizer? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Like, No, I get that. <laughs> yeah, I had one particular feedback and I was like, is this somebody I know? Like it, it, it said, the feedback was um, such and such artists didn't need to be added to the lineup. I bet they had their room and food and airline paid for. They were an unnecessary ad. And I was Ooh, like, wow. is this someone that was mad that I didn't hire them? Uh, or is it all is anonymous? This? Yeah. Uh, did they, yeah. Did they so you know what we need to do? Let's take that We away. need to take that anonymous away. Say it with your <laughs> no. I'm kidding. I know a lot of people. I'm totally kidding. In a, in a perfect world, but people wouldn't People wouldn't leave they wouldn't reviews. Be they wouldn't leave honest reviews if it was not anonymous. And, and I want honest. I want honest reviews. I, I, so, and I meant to say this when we started this. I am not perfect. I'm not perfect. Mm-hmm. I have flaws. I make mistakes. 
So I just want everyone to know out there that I don't think that I am perfect in any way, shape, or form. I make mistakes. I'm not perfect. I don't necessarily dot all my I's and cross my T's, but I do put a lot of effort into making sure that I hit 90% of the check mark. Yeah, for sure. Everything you, can always you know. be better. Always. And I think yeah. that goes without being said. And I also think that your track record and work and and uh, um, your, not ability, but your the fact that you are humble enough to admit whenever you make mistakes and then grow from them, mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. it speaks for itself. It just does to me. I'll speak from personal experience as you touched my heart. You were the first person to hire me for a Congress, the very first one. And based on that experience, I had the bar set so high for what I thought mm. Congress life was gonna be like because I just <laughs> had like a, like it was just such a good experience for me. Uh. Like, when you hired us, like, I didn't, I didn't know what I was walking into, but it was so amazing. Like, I had a great time oh, wow, with you so hiring us. Um, and then I figured out not everyone operates the same way that you do. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'll give you your kudos, because I know you're being humble right now, but bomb-ass organizer. Bomb-ass. I bomb to ass. say that, too. You were the first person to hire me to DJ for, <laughs> for anything. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, my first, and, oh, I was sweating. And he said that before, too, in a couple, a couple episodes. Ago, <laughs> I said, was sweating. You were the first person to hire me for anything, and also you were the first person to hire Aaron as well, too. So we were both coming in, like, new, which is like, I'm like, oh, I'm like, surprised you even considered us, but the fact that you did, you trusted us, and that you allowed us to develop. And also, like, we... You also gave us clear expectations. Don't be trash. <laughs> <laughs> you never said that. What did she say? How did she say it? How did she say it? Look, you know when when a black woman looks at you <laughs> in a certain way, taps you on the shoulder, and it's like... Like, okay now. And, and that, and that's it. <laughs> It's like, all right, you're okay. Like, all they gotta say is, all they gotta say is, so I'm bringing in you, I'm bringing you in here for a reason. That's all I have to say. That's it. It's like, all right, that means I gotta put this, I gotta make this right. Yeah, me and Aaron, we locked ourselves in the room. We we was like, all right, this is, we're playing this, we're reviewing each and everything we're doing. Like, but yeah, we, there was a seriousness that we had to take with, but we're 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 super appreciative of everything that oh you've my done gosh, for us. That's so good. And I'll say this now: even if you were to never hire me again, I will still go to Zuki and and just because as a participant it is one of the very few, if probably the only event that I actually like in the states right now, Damn. in North America, to be honest, like that. And coming from that, that that's okay. like, I, I, like, I, I like I can't complain. Like, I like the DJs, I like the teachers, I like the dancing. Also, it's nice that I could, like, drive to locations, so, you know, that's, yeah, that's nice for me. And yeah. free parking, too. And yeah. it's in D.C. I yeah. just have a... So, I, food I, is I solid over there. I D.C. scene right now, so, so... I always just talk about it. I can't <laughs> complain about it. Like, I could, like, step out and go somewhere else if I want to. Yeah, it's... A, it's the, so, the festival right now is technically in Baltimore, um, which okay. is good for New Yorkers because it's an hour closer to you guys, yeah. which is better for your drive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I mean it is because before we were in Dulles, which would probably add like two hours on your yeah. commute. Yeah. I mean, yeah. still are. It's, it's on the far end of Virginia. It is in BWI. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll still make it work though. Five hours is still better than dr- flying six hours. Like I rather drive five hours than fly six hours. Because I I like my car. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> I, like the car, I like the freedom. Controlling, controlling yeah. your own That's travel. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
the Teresa airport sucks. Said, wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. That's funny. Okay, so I had a... Yeah. No, you go ahead. So one thing I do want to talk about while I'm on here, because a lot of people here are business owners in some way respect, whether it's their own brand or they're running an event or they have a company, is I want to tell everybody to get IRS compliant. Yes. Get your LLC started and track your deductions. And I have friends who run things and whatnot, and I'm always kind of like posting stuff about taxes here and there. Yeah. Because the tax code is built for entrepreneurs. It is not built for W-2 employees. Mm. W-2, it just takes from W-2 employees. Mm. Yeah. But if you have your own business, there's incentive there. And I just want everyone to get right, especially people... Like us in this room. Yes. A hundred. Yes. Black folks. Straight up. That's that's super true, man. A hundred percent. Yeah. I feel like Amber's the first one that told me to do it. She's the first one. I know. I've been telling everybody. Yeah. (laughs) Because I saw like how much of a difference it made in my text. I'm like, what? You can write off what everything, man. Every Congress is a business trip. Everything. Like literally for me. If we go out to lunch and I'm meeting, any, anytime me and Sizzle go out to lunch, business expense. Mm-hmm. Part of my phone bill, business expense. Mm-hmm. Gas, if I'm driving somewhere that has to do with work, business expense. Literally, every, all the music I buy, which yep. is, people are always like, you buy everything? Because my yep. entire library, all of my music is bought. Nothing's like pirated. Business expense, like sure. everything. Subscription, the Spotify, all Apple Music, stuff. the YouTube Music, all that can be rolled off. Yeah, your everything. shoes, your clothes, like everything. Right. Yeah. I have I have a clothing rental subscription because I go to so many events and I don't want to keep buying clothes. It's a write off. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't even know you could write clothes like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, what you could do? You could do that. I'm like shit. Damn. Yep. It's like um, like one twenty five a month. It's not but like, bad. right? But like in the summer when it picks up, like all these themes, I spend I was spending way more than that in clothes. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> With these themes coming out at these festivals, yeah, and I have uh, I only pack for like, hey, wherever it's here is what I'm wearing. <laughs> and like I'm at this event, I'm seeing everyone decked to the nines with suits and everything. I'm like, damn, I'll, I'll, I'll play. So I'm like, shit, I'm wearing my little sweats. She told you because some people be fresh out of time. I know, right? Yeah, yeah, but it's not. It's different. I was like, okay, yeah, sure, but like I, had to, so I had to see how much. Like, you see the last night. I saw I I saw like flannel shirt. Yeah, I'm I I went to bed early too. I'm like, nah, I can't. <laughs> he said his back hurt. His back wasn't really hurt. Feelings feelings hurt. Nah, I was like, yeah, I'm like, mm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll be prepared next yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Because I've seen you, you you've dressed up low key for for like Suzuki events and whatnot. Sometimes, but not yeah. not like the way they do. It. That's very true. It's not. They got the different. loafers and the. the, yeah, the I got, I'm out to find like battle tested suits. <laughs> <laughs> I remember coming out of. I remember yeah. coming out of Brazilian oh, suit scene. That. There was yeah. a formal, or not coming out of Brazilian suit scene. Whenever I was only mainly in the Kizomba scene, and like whenever it was like black tie, it was like black tie. Yeah, like suits, like ties. Like we was dressed oh, up, man. and then I remember it was like formal dress up night for Brazilian Zook and I wore a suit and tie boy <laughs> <laughs> I was the only one 
I didn't care, but I was the only one. But then also, it's hard to get a Brazilian zook in a tie in the suit. Yeah. 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 I was yeah. like, yeah, I, yeah, this ain't. It's, it made me feel like it's, I'm at a wedding. Man. <laughs> Wonder why everybody shirts be unbuttoned and their coats all be off whenever freaking liquor and right. at weddings and stuff. Yeah. The way I don't even want to hear it. Like, I don't even want to hear it. As a woman that has to dress up for different events, like, we have to go through a whole litany of battery test with our outfits before we even purchase them. Listen. I'd be up in the dressing room doing high kits, doing splits, doing Listen. lunges to make I, sure everything stays I in place. It. I get it. Yeah. I get it. But let me tell you something. Mm. And this is said with the utmost respect. <laughs> oh, you about to say something. You about to start something. Hey, I'm about to say it. something. This no. is Archie saying it. This is not <laughs> no, the, the Brazilian Zook No Cap podcast. We are not... We don't. This we do not. And I'm and I'm saying yeah, it, but I'm but I'm really speaking straight to Jesse right now because uh-huh. she just said this as uh-huh. an individual. Remember, with I the said utmost that. respect mm. to Boss all the of Higgy. the attire and the clothing and everything that women have to wear. You sure you want to say it? Yeah. It is just. <laughs> it is just different dancing in a three-piece suit. Oh, with a vest and a coat and a tie and a long sleeve shirt. Dude, we already sweat. You know how much I'm sweating? That's real hot. Like, I take my coat off. Half the time, if I'm at a Kazumba event and I have a coat on, it's because I don't want to take it off because the undershirt is just drenched. Yeah, and yeah, the outer yeah, coat yeah. is absorbing the sweat so nobody knows and it's not leaking all over you. But underneath, like, it's a sauna. My body is, like, dripping Dripping, dripping. The way I still have no sympathy for it. <laughs> like, I just, like, <laughs> I'm not asking for sympathy. I'm just letting you know. When it comes to, like, other stuff that we wear, okay, cool. A three-piece suit with a vest. This is just giving man flu right now. Because, oh like, <laughs> I'm just, it's giving, I'm just explaining what just I'm talking about. I hear you. I hear you. But, like, the getting ready process for a, for, I'll speak for myself, right? I got to get my hair right together, mm. and you know that the leads be loving to put their melon heads on top of you, so <laughs> you gotta worry about the sweat oh getting into your hair and, like, you know, sweating out your, like, nice straight laid hair, so you gotta, like, battle armor your hair down. Then you gotta make sure that the makeup is in place and, like, water sweat-proof, right? Because they also like to touch your face with their sweaty melons. Then you gotta <laughs> tape down any body parts that may or not flop around, right? So you gotta make sure that you're, like, like secure down with like tape, bras, bandaging, like you are taped in. And then you put the top part on and you gotta tape them shits down too because you don't want it riding up or falling down. So by the end of the night, we are like saran wrapped and like coated <laughs> in like a like epoxy resin to make sure we stay looking fresh to death at the end of the night. And then we wash it off and then we do it again the next day, sir, with a whole different outfit. So y'all got the mummy. The mummy fit on, on top. On top. If you've never seen a female undress from a dance outfit, it's an event. I know we're like legit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you ain't never seen a dude spinning around in circles trying to get his suit off, and like, hey, bro, can you help me right quick? Cause like I can't get my arm out. So I'm just saying, three piece suit, bro. That's all I'm saying. We'll I respect. We'll just shake on. We it. shake on. In your defense, going on your side, three piece suit don't happen every night. Yeah, it don't. Yeah. What you're talking about, it happens every night. Yeah. I get it. I get it. I'm just saying, them three piece suits. I don't. That's why I don't. I don't. I don't do them as much anymore. Anyway, let's go here. Let's wrap this up. Well, I have one more question. Go I'm ahead. gonna ask my question. Okay, so at the very, very, very beginning of the podcast, Teresa like 
kind of casually mentioned um, the difficulty in gaining respect or having to build respect in a community as a woman, as a black woman. And that's something that I feel like a lot of people can relate to listening to the podcast, either as a woman, as a black person, as a black woman, whatever. So can you tell me a little bit of like what you feel like maybe the struggles were and how you overcame them of like gaining respect in the dance scene as an organizer? Of course. Because it's relationship based, right? Like in order to have your events be successful, have people show up, have the right sort of people come, have the marketing go right. You have to have a lot of relationships and networking built up, right? Yeah, yeah, you do. So I, so I do sacrifice some. So I pretty much live on my phone the week or two out from the event because I'm really big on like communicating as quickly as possible. Again, I'm not perfect. If your message slips through the cracks, I apologize. But I do try to make an effort to communicate quickly mm-hmm. and fast whether it's a yes or a no mm-hmm. so I feel like that's one way that you can build respect is to communicate very quickly with people mm-hmm. I really try to do that um, as far as the artists are concerned it's just kind of making sure I'm taking care of them so that they want to come back if an artist wants to come back to your event mm-hmm. they're gonna make the adjustments in their life to come back whether mm-hmm. it's getting a babysitter or adjusting their weekly classes or whatever they're gonna do it Mm-hmm. So I think that's probably one of the biggest things that I've dealt with. Um, as far as being a female is concerned or a black female, I think I've probably dealt with more struggles just being a female organizer, not necessarily a black female organizer. Um, in the Zook scene, a lot of organizers are men across the board. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are men. Yeah, it's like a male-dominated it's industry. It's a male-dominated industry. And uh, so, can I interject real quick? Yeah. A lot of the male organizers are also not good. <laughs> <laughs> not good. Like, the best events have been and continue to be ran by women. I'll just say that. Mm. That's, my, that's my piece right there. Mm. Y- y'all men, y'all gotta get better because I'm tired of being embarrassed. <laughs> like, I, we can't argue. We can't argue. We can't say nothing. We can't bring to anything to the table because we, what, what are we going to do? All, all, all our events, when you expose the men, they have problematic issues. But yeah, go on. Sorry. Keep going, Teresa. <laughs> So, yeah. At the end of the day, the work has to speak for itself. So no matter what anybody will try to say about me or if they don't like me or if whatever, then the work has to speak for itself. That's it. That's really what it comes down to. The work has to speak for itself. So to any (laughs) new organizers out there, get comfortable with not being liked. Mm. Just, Just get comfortable with it because when you start something... People are going to want to be in it, and that's cool, but you have to learn what your thresholds are and don't go yeah. over them because at the end of the day, you're going to be in the red. You're going to have the loss of sleep. You're going to be the one who has the headache. So just do what you have to do for yourself yeah. um, while remaining respectful. That's really it. Amen. Yeah. With respect. I like or it. disrespectfully. I, I mean, both yeah. <laughs> right. Do what you got to do. Do what you have to do, mm-hmm. you know, because people won't always respect you. Just understand that. 100%. And it's your money, so. Yeah, it's your money. Listen. Fuck all that. That's it. Well. I don't have anything else. The wrap up? Do the wrap up. All right, so here's what I heard. Y'all need to act like you have some home training, okay? (laughs) (laughs) If you ain't got McDonald's money, don't ask to go to McDonald's. Don't ask to go to McDonald's. Don't be making wild demands. Recognize that this is a business. 
Um, and that you have to treat it like a business, approach it like a business. I stand by that. Um, we're here to make the best thing for you. Like if you didn't hear anything else from Teresa, I heard her constantly talking about the, like speaking to the consumer, making sure that you all are getting what you want out of this. So showing up with your best energy and attitudes is the best way that you can help repay besides paying for your freaking tickets. Um, I don't know, that's all I got. It. What you got? What's your last words, babe? Uh, thank you guys so much for doing this. This is really, really good. I think this is great that we have this talking platform that you all have created. So I really appreciate it and support it. Yay. Everyone get your Zoo Keep tickets. If you ain't get them for this year, get your pre-sale tickets for next year because I know she's going to drop them. So make sure go on ahead, get them early. Don't play. If you want a demo, you can send a donation to your favorite organizer, whoever, because yeah. <laughs> Bills are expensive and forever. Go ahead, send something. Mm. Buy her a coffee and you see it. Just give her a thank you and a smile. Yeah. And like yeah. a little cash. Look, <laughs> <laughs> I'll be a little bit cash in there because you know that's how you give gifts. Slip her 20 like your uncle used to do. Just make sure yeah. your mom yeah. don't see it because your mom won't take it away and say, hey, I'm going to give it to you some Hey, that's all we have for today. Thank you for listening to the Brazilian Zoo No Cap Podcast from your host, Archie, Jamiel, Ifosa, Amber, and Jesse. Muito obrigado. And until next time, stay up.